Welcome to That Escalated Quickly, a resilience podcast brought to you by Escalate Consulting, where we talk all things operational and organizational resilience from emergency management through to business continuity. My name is Will Hetherington, and it is my esteemed pleasure today to welcome Josh Roach, our Senior Manager at New South Wales, um, to the podcast. G'day, Josh. Hello, everybody. Nice to be on the podcast. It's uh, it's a really exciting um, topic that we've got today, and that is um, my exercise is bigger than yours. And uh, while there's a little bit of um, fun in that, it it uh, it really is one of the things that we love and enjoy doing here at, at Escalate Consulting. And you know, um, I, I won't steal too much of your thunder, Josh. But um, you know, talking about exercising and, and our backgrounds, um, it's something that that we've evolved through over the last ten plus years. And while there are some things that we can't really talk about because of our our backgrounds and and the operations, the exercises that we were doing. We, we really will try and focus on some of those key things that that can really make an exercise great. Um, and with that being said, um, Josh, are you able to provide us with a bit of background onto what you've done in the past and where you've come from? Certainly. Uh, look, I think I just kind of want to reinforce something that you just said there. One of the things I've seen, especially looking through business continuity crisis management, a lot of people just take exercising as part of the process. I, I think there is a real need to or capability where you can just build exercises into their own thing and i think if you can do that exercising really well it's it, it's it makes anything enjoyable whatever it is that you are excited so anyway yes a little bit about me so my background is new south wales police force did almost 10 years where most of my career was in the counterterrorism uh, and special tactics command funnily enough uh Ended up when I came into counterterrorism, ended up in a, in a random unit not many people had heard of, and that's what we did was exercising. So worked with um, police, state government agencies, you can say yeah, health, fire, Zambos, all that sort of thing, even federal, um, some federal agencies, and it was all around exercising counterterrorism capabilities. New bits of kit, new policy, anything like that, let's run an exercise. So yes, uh, didn't intend that was my career path in the cops, but funnily enough, ended up there and really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, fantastic. And hey, from the outset, um, thanks for your service, and and especially within that role that you were undertaking. And I think, um, you know, we're very lucky here in Australia to to have such an, an effective um, law enforcement and national security capability infrastructure. So um, hats off to you there. From my point of view, you know, I was a, I was from a services background as well within the army, um, special forces for a little bit, domestic counterterrorism, and also operational uh, overseas. And I think from for me, exercising has just been a part of everyday life through the military. And the the premise of exercising is, you know, practicing something that could potentially save your life or the life of others, make a real material impact in a simulated environment where. You know, no one is actually going to get hurt, hopefully, and you can really take those learnings and 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 better your operational capability. So, let's crack on with some of the the questions um, and and really start some conversations about exercising. So, Josh, are you able to highlight some of the biggest exercises that you've been involved in, and and what was your role? Yeah, sure. Look, it's 
interesting where oh, we would run, let's just say, anywhere from 30 to 40 exercises a year um, in what we did. Yes. Yeah, which was quite big. And so, you know, it, it was busy, which was good, kept us kept us going. But in terms of big exercise, we probably run oh, two or three a year. And when I'm talking big, I'm talking boots on the ground, people running around, you know, all that sort of fun stuff. But funnily enough, they're also the exercise you probably see change out of as well. That's what I also consider big exercises, where you actually can see when you're building the exercise, there's going to be some significant outcomes coming out of it. Yeah. I'd say probably one of the biggest ones that we did, and this is one I can probably talk a little bit on because the media's covered it, thank you very much, is one that we called uh, Exercise Blue Bottle. And Exercise Blue Bottle was, it had started out as a test of the leadership of the emergency services responding to a counterterrorism event. So you could see police, fire, uh, New South Wales Fire and Rescue, and New South Wales Ambulance, and it was looking at the leadership response to that. And it started off as what we called it a functional exercise. And a functional exercise, and you could relate it to crisis management, discontinuity, where you stand up there, say, the uh, crisis response team or crisis management team, and you kind of provide that simulated environment and then work through you know, sitting at a table and you're providing injects. So that's how this exercise started as that, um, you know, just getting the right people in the room, the bosses, the leadership, a couple of advisors, subject matter experts, and they would work through an incident. What made it big at the time was we would run through a significant number of the leaders within each organization. So we would have to run the same exercise eight, 16 times throughout the year. And each exercise would go for about eight hours a day shift and we've done a night shift. But anyway, anyway, it progressed. So we went from the leaders. Then the next iteration, we saw a bit more of the supporting agencies want to bring in. We saw further agencies coming, SES, Rural Fire Service, um, other people, um, you know, more, more people coming in. And then it probably culminated in a big exercise. In, I think it was 2021. And yep, we simulated the police leadership. They would run a, a, an incident. So you'd have the strategic commander with three operational commanders for holding, handing multiple incidents and, and you know, simulating a big incident. And this year they decided, let's do everything live. Instead of simulating boots on the ground, a nominal incident actually happening with, with you know, bad guys doing bad guy things, Let's actually role play it. Let's do it. Wow. So we ran. And I think we did it six times where we had a full strategic leadership from all agencies stood up at the at a command post. Then we had, I think it was five sites so running simultaneously where every site had its own little capability at uh, what we were testing uh, from specialist resources, um, ADF, that sort of thing. But that was when you would each each of those sites you would have dozens, hundreds of people running around, role players, safety teams, exercise control. I think each time we ran that exercise, we're having upwards of I think it was four hundred. I think the largest was six hundred people operating simultaneously. Wow, the coordination on that would ah oh. exceptional, and it was very interesting to watch trying to coordinate because. Say my site, I ran one of the, the sites down the ground. 
to link in everything, well, something would happen at my site. Well, then we have repercussions that would happen at, say, site B. Of course. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, exactly what you said. That coordination piece was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, it's um, it's essentially what you mentioned about, you know, how the the, uh, the size and complexity of those um, exercises got bigger and bigger and more people were interested. It sort of talks about the what's a, a testament to the effectiveness of the exercises itself. And, and the value that each of those particular uh, stakeholders takes out of it. Um, that's actually similar to, you know, some of the exercises that I was a, a part of. And, you know, we, we were involved in tactical, operational and strategic level um, exercises of, of varying degrees. But one of the, the most impressive that I was a part of was, uh, it was the Sydney Airport um, Corporation, uh, essentially... Um, uh, undertook a uh, a simulation of a, an aircraft crashing into Barangaroo and the coordination on the emergency services side was absolutely um, uh, impressive to say the least. Um, you know, and then also being in uh, a part of uh, large-scale defence exercises where the coordination is extremely important. Um, and it, all of it comes down to that having a separate organization that uh, is responsible for the script, responsible for the coordination, responsible for the management of all of those separate stakeholders, you can't be in the exercise and be running it at the same time. You no, 100%. Yeah. Well, this is one of those things that when I when I would explain what I did uh, in my role of counterterrorism to people, I would say we are the roadies. We are the people behind the scenes facilitate the exercise, get it up and going. We do index, we do develop run sheets. We will run it. And the big thing for that was, and we see this with organizations today, exercising tends to fall away a little bit and just if, if they're trying to manage it internally, it's one of those things where it's just like, look, we've got to do it. We've got to tick that box. Let's get it done. Because everybody has day jobs. Definitely. Everybody, yeah, everybody's, you know, the, the crisis management team leader, sorry, the crisis management team leader, sorry, usually maybe the CEO, he's running a business day that he's not there to plan an exercise. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have the time. Usually, it, it, I, I don't think I can, sorry, I can't think of another organization um, like business-wise that has an exercising cap like unit capability, as you said, people dedicated to developing exercises. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, interestingly, linking that to business, um, you know, financial organisations, uh, as part of the the introduction of CPS two thirty, those large, you know, say big four banks, they potentially have teams, and and you know, I've got a couple of friends that are involved in um, in uh, those areas within sort of the large corporations, um, but it's involved in an organisation or an environment where exercising is not seen as valuable or um, the like or potentially that the um, the exercise value isn't understood to its entirety, similar to a uh, an emergency services or defence environment. No, and this is probably, and this is my own little internal distinction that I came up with, training versus exercising. What is the difference? Is there a difference? So let me throw this one to you being defence. Do, do you have an opinion? Do you, do you think there's a difference between training and exercising? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, training is about, uh, building the uh, individual and collective capability in terms of skill development. So 
It's about, hey, I can uh, I can do X, Y, and Z as part of my standard job. Now, exercising is about providing an immersive environment where people can put those skills into practice to enable an outcome. Now, why is that important from my point of view? Well, everyone, as we've mentioned before on this um, podcast, everyone generally is hired in a job for things to go right. Um, rarely are we put into an environment, a simulated environment, where it's relatively safe in terms of adverse actions or real-time effects. Um, but being able to have that environment to practice these things, to build that organizational capability, the personal capability that will then flow on into effective outcomes um, when it actually does happen. Um, and, you know, the the current state of play and the, the environment that we, we live and work in um, sort of dictates that it's not if but when uh, things will happen, particularly within the cyber environment. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I, and there's an interesting thing there, and like touching on that from the police perspective of training versus exercising. One thing I saw in New South Wales police, phenomenal amounts of training. Yeah. And it's it's building on what you said. Yeah, we're try it's building to a standard, you know, I could walk out, send these cops out the door and go, they are trained to this standard. You link that to any normal business function. We're trained to be able to perform that business function you know, at this level. Exercising outside of those specialist capabilities in the cops was relatively unheard of. And that's where it was this interesting dynamic where, you know, we exercise for when things go wrong and we could do it in that safe environment. The nature of policing was every day you're running into things where, where things have gone wrong. Absolutely. So there, there was that um, capability, I guess, of if the frontline police and everybody else involved to be able to, you know, oh, okay, I'm responding to a noise complaint. You rock up and that's when it doesn't, it becomes not a noise complaint. Something can look a lot worse. And it was interesting then when I was in that counterterrorism perspective and it was taking those very high level, serious incidents that have those catastrophic consequences on people, businesses, organizations, agencies, and then being able to, that's, that's where we were training in that safe environment. And so looking at what we do at Escalate, it, it is. We, we can exercise, you know, normal things that go wrong. But most businesses tend to have a bit of a capability around it. It's when we get to those really high level things, like we're looking at these days, cyber, cyber attacks. You know, those really big, high catastrophic consequence incidents. Yeah. Um, and yeah, exactly just said, provides that safe opportunity for us to explore and build that capability through that through that learning and training process or exercising process. Right. And it's one of those really interesting um, capabilities or, or functions that you want to uh, work in uh, or, you know, you potentially want to train people in something that they will hopefully never use. Um, and it's like, you know, people in the military, they train for war, but hopefully they will never have to um, exercise those capabilities. Um, so, Josh... Just on some of the larger exercise um, exercises that you've been a part of, what were some of the challenges with with such a large exercises? And did you find that those challenges were the same with smaller exercises? Yeah, look, I think the biggest difference, and we've kind of already touched on it with a large exercise, is the good old herding cats. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's a real thing. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Just that many people involved in the next class and not just the participants i mean everything from 
exercise control, you know, role players. Uh, I've seen role players do some weird and wonderful things in, in, in exercises, um, really go off script. Um, so that's probably in the terms of big exercises, that's probably the big challenging thing. And so that's to counter that, that's that ability to be adaptable from an exercise perspective, being able to adapt and go, okay, this role player's gone off script and they've said, you know, oh, I saw him go right when he sort of said he's gone left. How do we now put something in play to, to bring it back on track? Right. Um, so from a big exercise perspective, that's probably it. But I would say exercises in general, um, the two biggest things I would say are scope creep. And if um, anyone's not heard that uh, terminology before, scope creep, you're developing the scope in the exercise. What are we looking at? What are we looking at? And I guess a good example of that is uh, when we had the Leak Cafe siege that happened in New South Wales. For a long period of time afterwards, we were putting out, of, and we had to specify this, out of scope in our exercises was the Leak Cafe siege because that's all anybody wanted to talk about, um, compare their own agencies to that yeah, everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So scope creep. And that's that's that having the clearly defined what are your objectives and aims aim of the exercise so that you are managing it because it happens every time. You've developed a nice run sheet, everything's planned, it's nice and ready to go. Then one week out, someone walks in and goes, Oh hey, what about? Yep. And let we let we call that the good idea fairy. <laughs> so the, the the good old good idea theory comes in, waves the magic wand, and wants to change it. And this is one of those things where sometimes people don't understand. Oh, look, we just want to include this new policy. Yeah. Well, that may have in massive ramifications for the whole exercise. Developing the run sheet, you now got to change it. You've got to change timings, and, and that has that massive flow-on effect. And when you see that in big exercises, like we said, when side A something happens at side A, might affect side B. That that can have major impacts on that right then my my next big thing which i'm going to touch on is ego right yep yeah it's a challenge and that and well egos in in exercises uh tend to get found out pretty quickly yep and, but it's it's definitely that and so it's it's not so much it is ma managing those egos in the room but it's also managing the egos of the exercise development team and that where it comes back that clear objectives what is the aim sometimes you simply go oh i can make this exercise really big with flashy pyrotechnics or mm. or whatever it is yeah but is is that going to take away from the exercise as well yeah so so yeah it's not just a personality in the room but it's also managing the expectations on the um exercise development team as well yeah okay well it's it's interesting right like you've sort of outlined you know why exercises uh, conducted by organizations and they're generally aligned to objectives what do they try to achieve is it because of it's a strategic priority is it a significant risk that we've we've um, highlighted on our register and our appetite statement um, so noting that mate what would you say is some critical elements to a really good exercise if you can summarize maybe two or three yep uh, number one don't try and do everything at once Sometimes when people want to run exercises, they go, I want to exercise every bit of capability that we've got. And then what ends up happening is, let's say within a three-hour exercise, you end up not, get, you don't get a valuable exercise for all the people in the room. 
sometimes it's really worth breaking down exercises into uh, key focuses. And this is where a lot of organizations who see um, exercising as that ticker box you know, thing that we've got to do, they'll run one exercise annually because that's the minimum requirements. Right. Yes. This, and this is where... Yeah, exactly right. And this is where one of the things we encourage here at Escalate is instead of running that one exercise, how about we run three over the year? Right. Maybe four. And this is where we look at. We go, let's run an initial exercise and see where's everybody at? Right. No dramas. Let's build upon that from that first exercise, second exercise. Great. Let's now test if we put in the new documents, you know, new framework, new policy, that sort of thing. Um, how is everybody's capable? Have you done any training in time? Let's see where they're at now. And then when you've got that that level, that's when you run maybe that last of the one where it's it's big. Now we're really going to test and push people's you know limits and capabilities. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, and they don't have to be you know, long exercises. You can just do them short, sharp. You know, once every quarter, something yep. like that. And I think baselining is really key to making sure that. Um, uh, you understand the level of organizational capability and then also, you know, baselining that against peers or other organizations in the same sorts of industry. Um, mate, really great conversation. Just probably my last question for today is noting we've outlined, you know, your, your key area for, for, um, for a, a successful exercise. What about an area that you've seen exercises falter in? What, what is it that, um, if if it's something that could go wrong, what what would it be? Yeah, I, I think one of the things where exercises tend to go wrong, and this is probably more from the exercise development side, is not being flexible enough right. in terms of building your exercise. I've seen a lot of times where you have an exercise, it's very prescriptive. The run sheet says, this is how it must go, because I'm expecting this person to make this decision, which will enact this, et cetera, et cetera. I'll tell you right now, I've never had an exercise stick to the run sheet. No, never. Yep. It, it has never gone the way we said. There's always been a curveball or something little twist that you've got, okay, it's occurred. Now, how do we get it back on track? Right. And, and it's one of those things where you can't really stand in the middle of an exercise and stand up and go, well, you can if you want to, but this is what breaks that immersion is you go, all right, everybody stop. We're now going to realign. You know how you made that call? Let's say that didn't happen. You know, so I, I think that's one of the big things that um, breaks exercise. Because even if people go off onto different tangents, if you are able to keep that exercise flowing and still meet those objectives, which I think is the real key of um, a real skill of uh, exercise control personnel, um, people will still walk out of the room going, hey, we learned something. Exactly right. Exactly right. And you know what? Everything you said today just rings absolutely true. You know, being able to make sure that there is a heap of work done in the exercise development and preparation to make sure it's relevant, make sure it's hitting those objectives um, that the organization is trying to achieve and build that capability across the organization that's going to last for a long time. Whether those people stay in the organization or go elsewhere, it's going to... Uh, uh, contribute to the overall resilience of, of whatever organization they're working in. Mate, Josh, great conversation today. Really enjoyed it, mate. Thanks very much for your time and uh, look forward to the next one. Most certainly. Uh, you, you know where to find me. Josh, thanks again, mate. Um, we are from Escalate Consulting. You can check us out on our website at www.escalateconsulting.com.au 
and reach us via email at hello at escalateconsulting.com.au. Make sure to subscribe to our social media channels on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and our social media pages being LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks very much for your time.